Alright guys, welcome into another edition of the Jim Bratton Sports Podcast, and I'm gonna sort of keep this one a little bit short and sweet, because at the time of me recording this episode of the podcast, we are about half an hour or so away from the Heisman Trophy Award ceremony. And for the life of me, for the life of me, I still cannot figure out how there are, of course, four quarterbacks who will be going to New York this evening for the Heisman Trophy Award Ceremony, I cannot, for the life of me, I cannot seem to figure out how Tennessee's Hendon Hooker is not one of those four quarterbacks. I cannot do it. And so, in this edition of the Jim Bratton Sports Podcast, I will be making the case for Hendon Hooker since apparently throwing for over 3,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, and two interceptions, and having a quarterback rating of 89.4% is not a good enough way to, for one, two, make the case as to why they that person should be at the Heisman Trophy Award ceremony. I suppose the burden for doing that falls on me. And so that is what I'm going to be doing with the very limited amount of time that I have here. And so, let me get right to it. As I mentioned, Hendon Hooker finished the 2022 campaign, his 2022 campaign, albeit was cut short due to the ACL injury, obviously. Hendon Hooker, despite that, managed to finish the 2022 regular season throwing for 3,135 yards, 27 touchdowns to just two interceptions. 27 touchdowns two interceptions. Quarterback rating of 89.4%. That's just in the air. On the ground, he made his presence felt as well. Rushing the ball over 100 times for 430 yards and five touchdowns. Now, 
I'm not going to be too overly critical of three three of the quarterbacks who are going to be in attendance at the Heisman Trophy Award Ceremony this evening. And C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, Max Duggan from TCU, and Caleb Williams from Southern Cal. I'm not going to be too overly critical of those guys, and I've got I've got some numbers pulled up for Caleb Williams and Max Duggan in particular. So I'm I'm going to address those very briefly. Uh, Max Duggan had a pretty remarkable campaign in his own right. He uh, finished the season with 3,321 yards and also threw for 30 touchdowns to just four interceptions. All of those categories. He ranks in the top 20 in the country in all of those categories. Over 3,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, four picks, four Max Duggan, Caleb Williams, on the other hand, was fourth in the nation in passing yards, finishing with a grand total of 4,075. Uh, he also threw for 37 touchdowns to just four interceptions. Quarterback rating of 86 and a half. So, I'm not going to be... And, of course, C.J. Stroud, whose, again, numbers I do not have pulled up in front of me at the present moment, was a pretty remark... was playing at a pretty remarkable level throughout the entire regular season at least until the Michigan game. Although the Buckeyes are of course finding themselves in a situation where they are still going to be playing in the college football playoff against the Georgia Bulldogs. And speaking of the Georgia Bulldogs, this is going back to me saying that I'm not going to be too overly critical of Duggan, Stroud, or Williams. The, the one quarterback that I am going to be a little bit overly critical of as it relates to why Hendon Hooker will be watching the Heisman Trophy ceremony, uh, not, not from New York City, but from, his, from the same place that I will be watching the 
Heisman Trophy award ceremony, which is my couch. The one man that I am going to be very, very critical of. Not taking away from his play, but I am taking away from the fact that I do believe that Hendon Hooker should be in New York ahead of this man is Stetson Bennett, the fourth, the, of course, starting quarterback at the University of Georgia. Just to run through some of his numbers very quickly that he put up for this de- for this may I point out defensive led Georgia Bulldogs football team in 2022 uh, Stetson Bennett finished with 3,425 passing yards, which is very nice. He also threw for 20 touchdowns. That's also a very nice statistic to have in your repertoire. Uh, This is the one caveat that I have on... Stetson Bennett, and there are a few that I will get to over the course of this broadcast. The one sticking point that I have with Stetson Bennett is he, of all the candidates for the Heisman Trophy that will be in New York City this evening, He is the leader in the clubhouse in terms of interceptions thrown with six. Now, which is not a lot, but again, when you're talking about being mentioned in the same category on the same stage with guys such as Caleb Williams for four interceptions, Max Duggan, four interceptions, Hendon Hooker, who will not be in attendance tonight, two interceptions. When you look at that, and you look at all those numbers and you jumble them all around in your head, you begin to ask yourself the glaringly obvious question, which is, why is Stetson Bennett one of the four finalists for the Heisman Trophy? Why? Why is Hendon Hooker going with his 27 touchdowns and two picks and over 3,000 passing yards. Five rushing touchdowns as well. 
why is he not? Injury aside, obviously, why is he not going to be in attendance at the Heisman Trophy Award ceremony? And frankly, my answer to that question is to anybody out there who is listening, your guess is as good as mine because for the life of me, I cannot figure this out. And, you know, you begin thinking about other things that go into this particular type of discussion as well as it relates to the Stetson Bennett Hendon Hooker situation. You begin to ask yourself, what if the shoe were on the other foot, so to speak? What if Hendon Hooker, rather than being the starting quarterback at the University of Tennessee, what if he were the starting quarterback at the University of Georgia? Uh, obviously, the record would, of course, be better. And to, Well, for Georgia, it would be about the same. For Hendon Hooker, it would be better, obviously. But some of the other things you begin to ask yourself are, what would the Heisman Trophy trust, as they so eloquently call themselves, what would they be thinking if they were watching Hendon Hooker throw 60-yard bombs to Brock Bowers, would they be thinking to themselves, oh, wow, this man is playing off the charts. This man is going places. This man needs to be at the Heisman Trophy Award ceremony. if Hendon Hooker were throwing to Brock Bowers and not to, I, I don't know, the scrubs that Tennessee has on their roster, like, like Jalen like Hyatt, for example. What, what has he done? Oh, wait, he just won the... Bolitnikov Award, which goes, of course, to the best receiver in college football. And, you know, he's, he's just a scrub, right? What did he do? He just won the Bolitnikov Award. You also have Cedric Tillman on the Vols roster as well. But if you're the 
again, air quotes, Heisman Trophy Trust, you decide to not envision that scenario, and you decide to put Stetson Bennett into the award conversation for the Heisman Trophy ahead of Hendon Hooker. And again, just for the life of me, it really is extraordinary. And it is something that I just cannot figure out. And I guess before I sort of wrap things up here, I guess I'm going to touch on this very quickly. I'm not making any accusations per se here, but one thing I will point out is that I can see why people make the argument that there is a genuine level of bias when it comes to, and, and yes, that this is from Vols fans mostly, but I begin to see why people make the argument that there is a genuine level of bias as it relates to the Tennessee Volunteers football team. And two reasons, there are two reasons why I feel the way that I do in this regard. Not only because of the Hendon Hooker versus Stetson Bennett situation, but also, and again, I'm going to touch on this again, and before I do, I want to give a little quick shout out to Jennifer from Bama Twitter, who was really tearing me a new one on Twitter the other day when she said that I was on crack, so to speak, because I had the audacity to, and really the unmitigated gall as well, to make this claim. I had the audacity to claim, and and can you guys believe this? I had the audacity to claim, to make the argument, that since Tennessee and Alabama both finished the season with the same 10-2 and two record, and I also took into account the fact that Tennessee has the head-to-head tiebreaker over Alabama that they should be ranked that therefore Tennessee should be ranked ahead of Alabama in 
when I did this, it was my own version of the CFP rankings. The committee obviously had other ideas because they decided to, of course, rank Alabama ahead of Tennessee. And, of course, I read in a previous episode of the show, I read the statement from Boo Corrigan, who was the chairman of the college football playoff committee, where he said that, you know, head-to-head tiebreakers are obvious, and I'm paraphrasing here, Head-to-head tiebreakers are obviously something that we pay a very good amount of attention to, but blah, 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 which on, on its face, at least in my mind, is a incredible contradiction from what he had just said two seconds before the end of his diatribe where he said, you know, the the loss that Tennessee had to South Carolina and blah, blah, blah. We're just going to, we're just, because of that, blah, 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 we're just going to forget that the third Saturday in October happened, blah, 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 blah. And of course, I'm obviously paraphrasing most of that. Said uh, another interesting thing to think about in terms of the third Saturday in October as it relates to the Hendon Hooker discussion as to why he should be in New York City tonight and why that is not obviously not the case is because of the way that he played in that game. And, of course, you all may remember, you all out there may remember the college football playoff committee and Heisman Trophy Trust seem to have a state of selective amnesia going on in this regard, but... Not a lot of other people out there do. Uh, The final score of the Tennessee-Alabama game this past season was Tennessee 52, Alabama 49. Tennessee 52, Alabama 49. Hendon Hooker managed to put up And again, this is also something I've stressed on this show before and will continue to do so because I think it's a very important point. Hendon Hooker put up 
And Jalen Hyatt, who, by the way, had five touchdowns by himself in that game. I guess what I'm trying to say here is the offense for Tennessee put up 52 points against a defense and a team that is coached by the, without a doubt in my mind now, the greatest coach in the history of college football. And I've referred to him as, of course, Bill Belichick's top disciple, going back to their time, his time and their time together in the NFL. Uh, Hendon Hooker and Tennessee's offense managed to put up 52 points against a team that is coached by Nick Saban. 52 points against Nick Saban. Nick Saban, and this is the same Nick Saban who, throughout the course of the numerous championship games last week, went on, had the gall to go on national television and basically do some politicking, as it were, as to why Alabama, and I'm beginning to laugh here because this is pretty comical when you think about it. This man proceeded to make the case as to why Alabama with two losses, which is a precedent, which is a precedent that has never happened in the history of the college football playoff. Why a team with two losses should make it in to the playoff ahead of teams with only one loss, and who, in TCU's case made it all the way to their conference championship game. Nick Saban was on national television making the case as to why Alabama should be in the playoff ahead of a team such as TCU, for example. Nick Saban, politicking. Can't believe it. Why do I bring all of this up? And I'm going to go back to the argument that I was trying to make here before I went on this big deluge of information. I can begin, I'm beginning to see why. So, uh, there are a lot of people that have the, the belief that there is a certain level of bias surrounding the Tennessee Volunteers football team. Why that would be, I, I don't know. Might it be because they 
haven't been relevant necessarily over the course of the last few uh, several years to a decade, maybe, maybe, but if there's anything that we've seen from a quarterback like Hendon Hooker, who again, I'm going to touch on really quick as to why should be and why he should be in New York City tonight with it with his over 3,000 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions, 104 carries, 430 rushing yards, and five rushing touchdowns. And I still can't believe he's not going to be at the ceremony for the Heisman Trophy award tonight. It really devalues the meaning of the award, in my, in my opinion, to be quite honest with you guys. But, so that is my last minute argument for Hendon Hooker, which is obviously hypothetical at this point because I don't think the Heisman Trophy Trust has been listening, to, is going to be listening to me. I don't think they've been listening to a lot of people over the course of this regular season. But, Coming back to the level of bias that surrounds the Tennessee Volunteers football program and the level of success that they could potentially, knock on wood, have as they move forward here. Uh, they will, of course... And I will be getting into this later. I've mentioned it before on a previous episode of this show. And I will mention it, of course, at a later date when I preview this game. This is a team that won 10 games. And just sidebar before I get back into the argument here. This is where the Tennessee... Volunteers fan in me begins to take over the broadcast a little bit. This is a team that won 10 games in this regular season. Those, in those, those 10 wins included several top 25 wins, including... Pittsburgh, Alabama, uh, LSU, who did make it to the SEC championship game ahead of Alabama, which is another reason why it still seems so blasphemous to me that Alabama, that Nick Saban was on national TV making the argument for 
Alabama to make the playoff when they were not even in their conference championship game. I, 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 even I quit making the argument that Tennessee should be in the playoff after the loss to South Carolina. Of course, if, the, if their only loss of the season were to Georgia, as it was at that point, they'd still have plenty of a case, plenty of a case to make as to why they should have been in the playoff. That was sort of nipped in the bud following the South Carolina game. But somehow Nick Saban, after not coaching his team in the SEC championship game, was still on national television trying to make the case as to why Alabama should be included in the college football playoff. It really is unbelievable in my mind. But going back to the main argument I was trying to make here, Tennessee won 10 games in the regular season. Those wins, some of those wins, of course, included Pitt, Bama, LSU, and Florida. And when you begin to see the amount of work that Josh Heupel has put into sort of rebuilding the brand that is Tennessee football, and when you look at the recruiting that has been done by Josh Heupel, as he, of course, works to continue to rebuild the brand of Tennessee football from an on-field standpoint. You begin to see that Tennessee is one of those teams that is obviously on the come-up, so to speak. And I think the level of bias that a lot of people have seems to go more into, well, Tennessee's not used to being on the, on the national stage like they have been, so to speak. And so, obviously, we don't expect that much from them, and that is why they don't really belong in the playoff and why and that is why Hendon Hooker does not deserve to be in New York City this evening. 
But, and of course those people are used to teams like Georgia, for example, whose quarterback is in New York City this evening for reasons I still cannot fully understand. But if there's anything that we've learned from the Tennessee Volunteers this season as it relates to their outlook moving forward in the world of college football is that the times are a-changing. We'll I don't know. I don't know how many of you out there listening to this show are big harmonica enthusiasts, but Bob Dylan, of course, put out a song several several years ago called "The Times They Are a Changing," and of course. The harmonica that plays throughout that song is pretty, is pretty much a corner, one of Bob Dylan's cornerstones, so to speak. And if anybody out there listening to this show happens to have a harmonica, please mail it to me. So that, I be, so that I can begin to learn to play that song because the times are changing in college football as it relates to the Tennessee Volunteers in particular. They will be playing in the Orange Bowl on December the 30th against Clemson in a game that, as I mentioned on a previous episode of this show, is the literally the most orange, orange bowl that I believe I will ever see in my life. They are playing in the orange bowl. They are ranked number six in the country. They are coming off of a 10-win season. They have a five-star quarterback, which, and of course there have been multiple coaching staffs at Tennessee over the course of the last few two to three years that have brought in quality talent, obviously, but have failed to develop that talent. Uh, that does not appear to be the case now, especially taking into account the fact that Tennessee has a five-star quarterback who I've seen who has enrolled early at UT and who I've seen on Twitter, and of course, you never really know what to believe and what not to believe on Twitter nowadays, but 
I've seen that this man will be dressing out in the Orange Bowl. Nico. And I'm not even sure how to exactly pronounce his last name. I'm not going to even try on this particular show for the fear of absolutely butchering it, as I probably have in the past. But from everything I've seen and read about him, people are going to remember his name. I can tell you that much right now. When you take all of those things into consideration for the Tennessee Volunteers, you begin to see why The times, as, as the great Bob Dylan might say, the times they are a change in, in the world of college football. And maybe, maybe, as we move forward into next season, the level of bias that surrounds the University of Tennessee and players at the University of Tennessee in terms of individual accolades will begin to shrink and we will begin to see the Tennessee Vols become more and more relevant in terms of the eyes of the national pundits, so to speak. But with all of that being said, that is pretty much all of the time that I have for this evening. I'm, I guess I'm going to put on this, I'm, I guess I'm going to put this Heisman Trophy Award ceremony on TV for background noise at least. Just in the event that I cannot end up being able to stomach it based on the fact that Hendon Hooker is not there. But again, con congratulations to, I will say this, congratulations to all four of the guys that will be in attendance tonight and even even Stetson Bennett and and I hope I'm I'm not going to ma bother making a prediction but I hope it's not I hope the winner is not going to be Stetson Bennett because if it is I think that is a complete devaluation of the Heisman Trophy, and I'm sure just for the fact that I've said that on this broadcast, the Heisman Trophy Trust is going to end up awarding 
Stetson Bennett the award by acclamation. But having said that, uh, I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of the Jim Bratton Sports Podcast. I very much appreciate it, and I'll see you guys soon.